Music Raygun. I'm Paul Ciampanelli, and Kirk Pinchon is being a little baby because he says he's sick and he doesn't want to do the show. So now he's off the show, and I have a new <laughs> co-host. <laughs> Katie Willard's here. Hi, I, I'm Katie Willard, and I am not a permanent replacement for no, Kirk Pinchon. No, that was a lie. Kirk, that was a joke. He's just a sick boy. Yes, Kirk got is a in- integral to the fabric of Music Raygun. Raygun. Without Kirk, there is no Music Raygun. Right. If he ever decides he doesn't want to do the show anymore, it's that's done. it. That's it's it. tanked. No We're more. done. Yeah. Actually, I can't. I'm not going to commit to that. <laughs> <laughs> I like doing this. If he tells me tomorrow he's done with the show, I'll find a way to keep yeah, doing yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Uh, but yeah, Katie Willard is here. Hi. How you doing, Katie? I'm good. I just ate some chicken. Yeah, we went to dinner. We did. A little behind the scenes. We did. Yeah. We went to dinner and they're making everything at that restaurant because it's its 25th anniversary. They're making everything... The price, or like they have a menu that's where things are the price of the original, and uh, yeah, the the year that it opened. So we got cheap dinner, and and the playlist was such a throwback that we wondered if they were playing old music because right. they're doing this throwback promotion, or if they always just play Steely Dan, yeah, at, at, <laughs> at that chicken restaurant and Blues Traveler, and, and, yes, and Cheap Trick, which I wasn't mad at. Yeah. Not that I'm mad at Steely Dan or well Blues Traveler. I yeah, that's fair. But it was Runaround, which I don't hate. Oh, you wanna give me that? Mm. Back in 1995. <laughs> so I want to talk about a not very well-known musical artist that you turned me on to recently. Yay. Uh, and there's an interesting story about how you know about yes. him. So before we start talking about it, though, I'm going to play... The song for the listener. Yes. I'm going to insert it here so that they can hear the song What's Your Pleasure by Gene Van Buren. What's your plan? 
So, can you please explain, Katie? It sounds, my tone there sounded like I was, like, pretending to be impressed by this. I love that song. <laughs> it's a jam. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I... <laughs> How did you find out about Gene Van Buren? My best friend, Miss Caroline Anderson, uh, was in a lift... And you know how, like, you're in a lift, and then sometimes the driver will play music really loud and then be like, hey, do you, uh, do you, like, like this? And then you're like, uh, I guess, and they're like, yeah, it's my band, or whatever. Well. Kind of, but not totally, because I think lift drivers don't talk to dudes as much as, as, as they, they talk, talk to, to women. women. Plus, fair. I really affect a, uh, body language of don't talk to Yeah, them. please don't, please so, don't speak to me. Right. Well, so. And then they're like, oh, it's, it's my band. And then right. you're like, I didn't ask for this. Um, <laughs> but she was listening. She was in the, the lift talking mm-hmm. to her driver. And they got to the topic of music. And yeah. he was then it organically was like, yeah, what we're playing right now is is my new music. He's like, I had a lot of hits in the 80s. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying a different sound now. And I'm trying to, like, get my record, my new record, like, out. And I didn't even know that part of the story that they, he was playing his own music. Yeah, he was playing his new stuff. Okay. And so he was looking to like he was angling to start conversations with people. About yeah, it. but he it was it was not in the shitty gross way. It right. was just like organically because he just yeah. you know had it on. And of course, Caroline's like Katie knows random music, so she was like, "Have you heard of Gene Van Buren?" And I was like, "No, is that a president? I'm not aware of because it sounds like a president." Um. And I looked him up on Spotify, and, like, For Your Pleasure is his, like, big... It's For Your Pleasure, right? What's Your Pleasure. What's Your Pleasure yeah. is, like, his biggest played song on Spotify. Mm-hmm. But it's still, like, under a thousand plays. Right. But it's such a jam. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, this is great. And then I immediately was like, oh, Kirk and Paul need to hear this. So then I <laughs> sent it. I sent it to you, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have played it for Kirk. I'm glad. Did he enjoy it? He loved it. Yeah. There are songs now that I... That was the first thing I thought when I heard it. I was like, Kirk's Kirk's going to love this. this. Yeah. Yeah, There are songs that I hear and go, Kirk will love this. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's where our relationship is at now as friends. (laughs) I'm just like, immediately now. Um, I mean, that song is so up Kirk's alley. People who have never met Kirk will hear it and just be like, I feel like there's someone named Kirk Grinshaw in L.A. Yeah, who really is into this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just, but I love that. And it's it's interesting to be like, yeah, everybody's got their hustle. Well, I did a little research on Gene Van Buren, mm-hmm. which was difficult because there's not much about him online. Right. But what surprised me was it wasn't like, you know, you'll you'll read on music blogs and stuff. That there will be someone from the 80s or the 70s or the 50s who self-released an album, you know, that they just made themselves, did nothing, and then some music nerd will find it in a crate at a record store decades later and put it on a blog and it'll go viral and people will be like, who is this person? That's not what happened with Gene Van Buren. What's Your Pleasure was on Motown. He had, like, a legit record deal. It was released on Tamla, which is, like, the subsidiary that right. Stevie Wonder was on. Right. And I found a poster online for Motown's 25th anniversary. Yes. That happened in 1983. And there are just, like, pictures of different artists on Motown. And, like, the biggies are on the top of the poster, and there are really big pictures. Yeah. And as you work your way down to the bottom of the posters, yeah. 
it's more obscure artists on the label yeah. and smaller pictures. It's where Mike, but, Michael Jackson debuted the moonwalk. At the, the at the TV show. This was yeah. just in general, like, like a, 25 uh, years yeah. of Motown. Right. Like poster for a record but he store was or whatever. On the and Gene Van Buren's Hell on like yeah. Michael Jackson at the top and Gene Van Buren at bottom the bottom. Bottom right hand corner. <laughs> yeah, but I guess the album, despite the major label release, mm-hmm. didn't do anything. That was part of, I think, what he talked to Caroline yeah. was like, I didn't have a lot of freedom on my label, which if we know anything about Motown, yeah, that checks out. <laughs> right, right. But also, you know, I don't know how much effort they put into marketing it. Marketing it. Right. But uh, I'm sure, I, I guess, what's your pleasure? The song from the album was a single, but it didn't chart. And right. uh, he doesn't really have that many plays on Spotify. But I want to spread the word about him. So yeah. at least there will be a bunch of, like, not a bunch, but a handful of people in L.A. Who now know Gene Thanks Van to Caroline's lift ride. <laughs> and you spreading the word. The good word of Gene Van Buren. So, yeah, look him up. You know, anyone who's listening to this now just heard one song from his album. Yeah, but and that whole more... album is very, is also Gene's. Yeah. But that single is great. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, so thank you for introducing me to that. You're welcome, Paul. I recently sent you an article yes. that I didn't read. Yes. But I knew as soon as I saw it that it was for you. Yes. Uh, someone who I follow on Twitter tweeted it because she wrote it. And mm-hmm. it's basically a primer, an introduction to Roxy Music, which is your favorite band. Yes. And, uh, you know, we were talking about this before, but it was like AC Newman from The New Pornographers recently tweeted, like in the last week, um, are you, okay, one band has to go, Steely Dan or Roxy Music, and only one child who is yet unborn will know the legacy of the band that you, like, erased from existence. So, of course, I'm like, fuck Steely Dan, like, Roxy Music all the way. And then you send me this article. Yeah. And I'm like, is it, are, is Roxy Music going to be in the zeitgeist? Like, is it coming back? Like, I don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. Um, but this article is by uh, Jill Krzyzewski, mm-hmm. and it's on Vice. And it's the guide to getting into Roxy Music, which I really appreciate because it is like, it's a lot of albums yeah. and it's a lot of different music. They do seem like one of those, I've never gotten into Roxy Music. Right. I, I know the hits right. a little I bit. I sent you my primer, right? Yes, my you, primer you have a playlist on Spotify that you shared with me and I, so I know the songs from that right. playlist, but I've never gotten into them and there is something intimidating about it's a lot, and they're there's weird. so much, and it's so varied. Especially after Brian Eno leaves, right. and it kind of becomes Brian Ferry's band. Right, and so it seems like penetrating it would take effort. What I like to do, and this is not just for rock music, but for any artist that has been in the game for a long time and that has done a bunch of different like types of music, kind mm-hmm. of gone down different paths. What I will do is listen to a Greatest Hits album yeah. and mark which songs I liked best and then go to, then listen through the album of those songs because yeah. I do tend to like certain phases of bands that have been around for a long time better than others. Like that was how I I figured out which era of St. Vincent I liked, right? Like because mm-hmm. I do it with any like- Yeah, I used to do that way more often. Any artist. Yeah. And I think that's an easy way to kind of like- That's how I got into in. Talking Heads, which is a band that you and I both mm-hmm. worship. They're, I, I first got uh, Sand in the Vaseline, which is their two-disc set. Right. 
when I was in high school and I just listened to that over and over and then I started to pay attention to like, okay, which, which albums are the songs I like from? Oh, they're all from more songs about buildings and food. There we go. So. <laughs> well, that's what I did with Talking Heads too. is yeah. there was a greatest hit CD where it's all their faces and different mm-hmm. like disguises mm-hmm. and that was going through it that way. Um, but yeah, so Roxy Music is one of those bands that's like, there are different phases or types of Roxy Music and if you find what you like of theirs, mm-hmm. I actually, Spotify has, this is, for most bands that you search, they mm-hmm. have a playlist that just says this is, right. and it's really, they're really comprehensive because it's not just like the greatest hits. It's like, I, I want to well, know playlist, how the algorithm so it's, it's like a box set worth of music. Right. And yeah. they also have like. Uh, songs that that artist did with somebody else, you mm-hmm. know, like, so you, you hear a bunch of other stuff like Elton John's, uh, this is Elton John playlist has whatever song, Tupac song that he was like the, the chorus, he sang the chorus on and they yeah. had like a cover of him doing Young, Dumb and Broke by Khalid that is epic. I don't know um, the extent to which those playlists are algorithm generated. Right. I do know there are humans who are, it is their job to curate those playlists. I think they use data mm-hmm. and then they finesse with a human brain. and, and Right. And maybe know. some of the more popular ones like Rap Caviar are fully human curated. Right. But like basically any artist that exists has their This Is playlist right. now. So some of those must be and, um, just algorithm. So yeah. like that that's a good way entree into yeah. if they don't have a greatest hits album, just doing that. Through Spotify. Or Apple Music or whatever you use because Spotify doesn't pay us to make this. That is true. Uh, But you and I use Spotify. We both do. So this article, what I really appreciate, she goes into a little bit of the history of Roxy Music and how influential they were to so many bands in the last 50 years after them. But they are kind of not, not, not known, but just like, Kind of got the short shift. I mean, they got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this last year. Mm-hmm. Um, They've always been sort of a cult yeah. band. And t- kind of discussing, you know, Brian Eno and and uh, Brian Ferry and then their, their split and all of that. But then what she does is she breaks Roxy Music down into like four different phases, not phases, but like moods of Roxy Music with a corresponding playlist and explaining what why they do this sort of music and what about this sort of music has been influential. So she's got glam and gritty Roxy music and she's got uh, entrancing soundscapes Roxy music and uh, theatrical schmaltz Roxy music, which I think actually (laughs) might be my favorite Roxy music um, type of Roxy music and then uh, new wave Roxy music. Mm -hmm. And I highly recommend if anybody's interested wanting to get into Roxy Music listening or reading this article and then listening to the different playlists and seeing kind of what's your vibe and going from there. That's what I wanted to know. If you, as a true Roxy Music fan, agreed generally with this article's yes. assessment. Yeah. And yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, that's the four, pretty much the four major categories. Yeah. Because um, there's the kind of more, ins- the, the the soundscapes is more their experimentally type weird, like every dream home a heartache vibe. Um, you know, and schmaltzy theatrical stuff like Do the Strand. So it it, it really, they do fit. The categories are well, like, yeah. uh, encompassing of the different moods of Roxy music. Yeah. That's the type of shit I love is when you know a band well enough 
to sense those shifts in their sounds and you can sort of right yeah it was thin slice them that way like i love theatrical schmaltz i don't just love roxy music but my favorite era is the yeah, schmaltzy theatrical era. But what's so funny though about this is that like it's not eras like literally they have like it's something all, yeah. from all of them in every album that is interesting which is like, I mean, as much as Brian Ferry like tried to take, you know, really steered the band in his creative direction later on, there's still input, right? And there's still a different, yeah. there's some dissenting opinions that make these really interesting songs. So like any album potentially has all four of these sort right. of songs. Right. And she, and she mentioned Flesh and Blood, in which is my, I think my favorite Roxy music album, and it kind of gets a short, short shrift because it's right before... Avalon. Avalon, yeah. And it's 82, and it's New Wave, and I think a lot of people felt like it was, um, like, uninspired or something. Yeah. I don't know. I think I really love New Wave music, and a lot of people shit on it for not having any sort of depth or weight. And I think that that's not true. It's just a different kind of depth and weight. There's also a thing, and I'm not accusing you of being a contrarian, but you know when you love something so much that, like, you, you will have that thing where the lesser appreciated stuff or the lesser known stuff becomes your favorite. Right. Just out of novelty because the familiar becomes over familiar right and that's when music fans get accused of being contrarian nerds because i'll be like well, presence is actually my favorite led zeppelin <laughs> album <laughs> but it's like outdoor. it's just because it's the one i don't know so well that i can still listen to it and like discover something new right i mean i well i think because roxy music is such a underrated band even the popular stuff is i still adore yeah. you know what i mean and and it's funny, I just think because, like, Hot Space is my favorite Queen album, and that's yeah. 1982 as well. I think there's right, something about, about that, show, yeah. that era of music that is a weird convergence of, like, new wave, a little bit of disco, a little bit of, like, pop, like post-pop, like, there's some vibes in there. I think that there's just a lot of converging influences yeah. in that in 1982, like, well, I don't, specifically? I don't know the Roxy Music album you're talking about, but from what I've heard of Hot Space from you telling me to listen to mm-hmm. it, I think it's that thing where a lot of the sounds on that album, when it came out, mm-hmm. seemed, like, already passe for the time. Like, if they had put that album out a few years earlier, it would have seemed fresh, but it's like, oh, you're trying to do the Hot thing. Hot on the bandwagon or Right, whatever. but now you can listen to it just in a vacuum for it by its own merits and you're like oh it's fucking great it just seemed passe in 1982 and like flesh and blood is it's a new wave album Mm -hmm. but it's got a lot of really interesting covers on it like uh eight miles high and uh midnight hour like a lot of really Hmm. interesting covers and then like oh yeah it's uh i think one of like the hit singles from that is great and then my favorite rock music song rain 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 which i played for you before mm-hmm. on the show um it just is I that think the people, music video where brian no that's angel eyes oh right which is off of manifest rain 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 you played a live clip for us. yes yeah. the sexiest song in the world <laughs> that i immediately started dancing to yeah. but yeah so like I just think it's it's pretty comprehensive. This woman obviously like knows her shit. Yeah. 
Um, and I thought it was really well written. Like it wasn't like some editor said, hey, who wants to write an article about Roxy Music? And she's like, I guess I'll do it. Yeah. Like she clearly pitched It's not pitch like this. me who I had to write a quiz about Criminal Minds having never watched an episode <laughs> of Criminal Minds and hey, having to like reverse engineer it. That's the business. Funny <laughs> thing about that though, ended up doing the quiz and like being like, this show seems really interesting. And then after I turned in the quiz, watched 13 seasons of Criminal Minds yeah. in a month and a half. And then they canceled it on you. Well, I watched, <laughs> I got, the last couple seasons are not the best. Yeah. The ones that were on Netflix were 13, and then they, they're finishing it season 15. See, I would have thought bringing Padgett Brewster back would have bumped it back into... It's, it's just they added too many yeah. people and didn't I've never to, seen it. I just like Patrick Bruce. It's delightful and she's great in it. I yeah. mean, it's not delightful, it's horrifying, but it's the only true crime thing <laughs> I can watch because they had character development and yeah. you get you care about these people and that's when I think it went downhill is when a lot of people left and then they brought new people on but they brought too many new people we didn't yeah. even know them. I also just think 13 seasons of a procedural or 15 seasons like you you've run out like hey, there's SVU's only still so going many strong, baby. I mean, that's true. What's that on, like, season 38? Something like this? Probably. But yeah, like, 15 seasons. 15 years. Yeah. Of criminal months. Well, this has been uh, Procedural Ray Gun. (laughs) Sorry, I went on a tangent. No, we do that. Uh, We do that all the time. Uh, But it is a music show, so let's do our music trivia quiz. This is the part of the show when we play the... Yes, the music... uh, Trivia expansion to the board game Trivia Pursuit, which was published in 1985, so it means all of the questions are about music from before 1985, and that means it's pretty hard. Yeah. But since we have a guest, this isn't part of our regular competition. It's just an expo mission. Expo mission! Um, a do you phrase want... I created in this podcast. <laughs> and we say it every time we expo have a guest. Expo mission! Expo mission. Do you want to be asked your questions first, or do you want to ask me questions? I'm going to ask first? you a question first. Okay. I'm going to choose my, my yes. own card. That one. Yes. Okay. Okay. What does CN stand for again? Cover notes. Okay. Oh, I'm going to take the little box yeah. so I know. So cover notes. Mm-hmm. What word begins song titles completed by Away, Your Promise, and It to Me Gently? Break it. Yeah, break. Break. Yeah. What uh, mom is uh, your mother should know, Mm -hmm. which is real old. Pre-1950s. Yeah. What entertainer entered the world as Edward Iskowitz? Huh. (sighs) I was going to say Eddie Cochran, but that's the 50s. Ed... If it's not Ed something, I'm never going to do <laughs> Al Jolson. It's Eddie Cantor. Okay. I'm vaguely aware of that name, but I don't know who it is. Okay. The 50s. Who hit the top with a big old hunk, a big hunk of love in 59? A big hunk of love? Hmm. I'm just going to say Elvis. That is correct. Okay. Okay. Sixties. Uh, what Beatles song answers those trying to find too much meaning in their lyrics, noting, "Well, here's a clue for you all." Glass Onion. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, what British punk band's breakup led to Public Image Limited? The Sex Pistols. Yes. 
and uh, AG, anything goes. What did pianist Arthur Rubenstein Erstein skip in his youth in favor of good food, good cigars, great wines, women? What did he skip? Mm-hmm. There's so many things I could guess. His prom, his high school graduation, school in general. I'm just going to say school. Piano practice. Oh, yeah. That's reasonable. So you got four in that, this expo. That actually occurred to me, but then I overthought it. Uh, I did get four, which is good because last time I got zero. Oh, wow. I don't think I've ever been here when you've gotten zero. I may have gotten zero once or even twice before, but it was always like there's something I kicked myself over yeah, not yeah, knowing. Yeah. This one, I just flat out Knew didn't know it, anything, anything on the card. I am I'm terrified myself. that that's going to happen to you. Well, it happened to me, so. And you, and you didn't die. And I didn't die. Oh, do I take it out of this? Yeah. Choose any card you want. Okay. Card. Okay, got it. Has been chosen. Okay. Cover notes. This is four to tie and five to win. What country star's record company is Twitty Bird Productions, Inc.? Dolly Parton? No. Conway Twitty. Oh, that makes sense. Your mother should know, or your grandmother should know, or maybe even your (laughs) great-grandmother. What song was inspired when... Yes, that's how it's con- the sentence is constructed. Okay. What song was inspired when Robert Benchley blurted, quote, Oh, to be in Paris now that April's here. I'm going to guess before I look at the answer, if you don't have a guess, because I never know this category, and I think I know this one. Oh. I'll read it again. What song was inspired when Robert Benchley blurted, Oh, to be in Paris now that April's here. Uh, I'm going to just guess Springtime in Paradise. Uh, Oh, to be in Paris, not Paradise. I know. Oh, okay. I'm just taking a shot in the dark. No, but you were on the right track, but I believe it's April in Paris. Yes. Ah. Yes, April in Paris. 1950. This is not going well. You can still tie me. What did guitarist Frank Virtue unassumingly call his group? What did guitarist Frank Virtue unassumingly call his group? The Virtues? Yes. Oh, good. Okay, good. 1960s. What did the Beatles get for the remaining inventory of their Apple boutique when it closed? What did they get? Like, monetarily? Just says. What did they get? When the remaining inventory of their Apple boutique, when it closed, what they get for the remaining inventory? I'm going to say $69. <laughs> you nerd. <laughs> Nothing is the answer. Nothing. It was a trick question. Oh, cool. It's very cool. When you were the one who said 69. So. I don't know. I'm like, is it a joke? Is that what I almost said zero. Or I, it was $1 or zero mm, after yeah. that. Uh, <clears throat> after the Beatles and up until 1985 what number sees Frank Zappa in tone I am not a crook what number which Frank Zappa song includes the lyric I am not a crook I didn't know this one uh, yeah, um, um, Moon Unit is my daughter and she's <laughs> random <laughs> Kind of on the right track a little okay, bit. Okay, okay. 
Son of Orange County. Ah, about a child. Yeah, about Richard Nixon, I assume. Yes. Uh, anything goes. And this is for two. But at least you didn't get shut out. Like mm-hmm. you were worried you would mm-hmm. be. And it's a yes or no question. Is Electro Harmonix's Electric Mistress a flanger to electric guitarists? What? <laughs> Fucking what? Is Electro Harmonix's Electric Mistress a flang- flanger or flanger to electric guitarists? I'll let you read the question so you can see everything that's capitalized or italicized or put into quotation marks. To electric guitarists. No. Yes. Oh, goddammit. <laughs> I mean, just as long as I didn't get shut out, I'm fine. You did it. You scored one, but that's it Yay! for this mini episode. Thanks for being my guest, Katie. Oh, thanks for having me. We'll have you back soon for a regular recording. Yeah, I would like that a lot. When Kirk's not being a baby. Such 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 a ba